0: Hey, hey, hey! What's up, everybody? So good to have you with us this weekend, celebration weekend. Also, I'd like to welcome everybody who's joining us from church online, wherever you're at. As always, we'd love for you to jump in and chime in on the chat and tell us where you are at. Uh, you are our, our perhaps our largest campus, our online campus, and so aren't we glad they're with us this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah! Amazing. So, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. This is our celebration weekend, but I don't know if you've noticed that. We are living in a time where we are just coming up with new ways to celebrate all kinds of things. I mean, it started with some holidays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, but... I think now we're to the point in our time in history where we have something for 365 days. Every day is, we have donut day we just had a couple weeks ago. I think we have like cup of tea day. Like we have, it's like we have a day for everything. And so uh, I think it's only appropriate that we jump in with our own celebration. In fact, the Bible is is full of examples, opportunities, uh, exhortation, encouragement to stop and celebrate. it throughout the Bible regularly, in the history of of the the people of God, they would stop and reflect and celebrate what God is doing in their life, in their community, his goodness, they would worship and they would reflect. And so that's really what we're doing. We have over 100 baptisms this weekend to celebrate life change of people giving their hearts and lives to Jesus, which is amazing. But I wanna tell you, there's so many more things happening and, and this is a big deal for us because We are celebrating 35 years as a church. We are 35 this week, this month. Uh, Easter, 35 years ago, Cape Christian started. Yes, that is exciting. And so, um, but today what we're celebrating is what God is doing in people's lives and also through our community of believers, what we call Uh, a church. And um, I mentioned in the Bible, there's plenty of opportunities and examples of this, but one in in Psalms, we're we're instructed regularly to clap your hands. 47 says, clap your hands, all you people, or clap everyone. Uh, Shout to God with a joyful praise for the Lord most high is awesome and he is the great king of the earth. We we always want to take the opportunities that are afforded to us to, to praise God and point people towards God in the good things that he um, is doing. Uh, and so but before we just talk about what's happening and, and, and all the things that's, that's going on in our church, in our lives, I want to go back to the beginning. We say often here that to know the words of the Bible, you got to know the world of the Bible. And, and the Bible kind of helps answer why we do some of the things we do. And, and at the beginning of it, at the core of it, the, the, the reason we're here is because of what happened right after Easter. Easter weekend was the resurrection of Jesus Soon after that, what happened was Jesus went back to heaven and he said, it's actually better that I, go, that I leave earth, which at the time would have sounded crazy to the disciples, but they weren't that smart anyway. Uh, but we've been talking about that for weeks. Um, but what happened, he said, go wait for me. And what's gonna happen is the same Holy Spirit that empowers me, that gives me power, gives me authority, the same spirit that raised me from the dead, I'm gonna pour him out on all flesh and I'm gonna put him in you. And so you'll be able to not just follow my example, but now you'll be able to do the things that I do. Well, if you read the book of Acts, that's where that happens. And you see in Acts chapter two, it says like tongues like fire came and there was like a rushing wind. And all of a sudden, like these kind of guys who fought a lot and were kind of wimps, all of a sudden they get along and they have all this boldness. And this new community of Jesus followers starts, and that community was called the church. In fact, early on, it was called the way. It was actually known as an atheistic religion because they didn't do all the the Jewish laws and all the other things. They were really just following Jesus and loving. It was like crazy. They were just loving God and loving people. Crazy, right? Crazy. But in a world where there were a whole bunch of rules and religions. And so that became Christians and followers, or that became the church, and followers of Jesus uh, uh, were known as Christians. And so... um, I wanna go back to the very beginning of the church because I wanna show you what happened when, when the Spirit of God came into these ordinary men who probably got it wrong more than they got it right. All of a sudden, it's a the Peter, John, James, the guys you read about from Acts on are vastly different than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Same guys, but now they have this kind of upgrade power-up called the Holy Spirit. We're gonna talk about that in a few weeks. Um, But we see them being more like Jesus. And so there's an encounter that they have right at the beginning of this where it's like the stuff Jesus started doing, they're like, now we're just gonna do it. And so in Acts chapter three, the very beginning of the story of the launch of the church, we see what happens when these guys take Jesus at his word and start living like the church that he called them to be. What I love about this story is there's some really cool observations in it where it's not just what happened for them, them, and there, but I think it's also, when we look at it, it's the same thing that we're invited to be a part of, and it's the same thing that we see happening in our lives here and now. Because the more we understand the Bible for there and then, the better we can understand and apply it for us here and now. So somebody say there and then. Somebody online type there and then. All right, there and then. Here's what happened there and then. This is a great story. I'm gonna go a little bit quick through it, and I wanna make some observations along the way, but we'll read the story first. Um, I'm gonna just only pause a couple times. It's in Acts chapter three, very beginning of this thing called the church. Why are we here? This is why. It says, one day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer. Well, apparently they're getting along now. So that's a major improvement from what we've been talking about the last few weeks. We've already seen massive change. They want to be together going to do something spiritual. Not arguing, not fighting, not racing. This is great. Okay. Um, and it says they went up to the temple at the time of prayer at about three in the afternoon. So they're heading there to go do some good. It says, uh, verse two, it says, now a man who was lame from birth his whole life was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful where they entered where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts verse 3 it says when he saw peter and john about to enter he asked them for money as a beggar would verse 4 peter looked straight at him as he did as did john and then peter said to the man look at us it says the man uh, looked at them he gave them his attention expecting to get something from them verse 6 says then peter said to him silver or gold i do not have But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. It says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Whoa. It says, he jumped to his feet, began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, verse 10 says, they recognized him as the man who had just been begging by the gate, who used to beg at the temple called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what, at what had happened to him. Verse 11 says, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished. Word spread out fast, and they came running into a place called Solomon Solomon's colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? And why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? He says a few things about how you just killed Jesus, but it's okay. He forgives you. And then he goes on in verse 16 and says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you've seen and known was made strong. It is in Jesus' name, the faith uh, and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed this man, as you can all clearly see. This is a great story that we're gonna dive into for just a couple minutes because there's a few things that happen here that when we put ourselves in the story, I think really help us to understand what's happening. We see ourselves in it and we can make me make some applications. And so just a few, I'd love to just make a couple of observations and share them with you if that's okay. Yep, okay, one person, you and me in the camera, you, me in the camera. i <laughs> talk to you, I'm gonna talk to them. All right, and online. I'm gonna assume all of you online are like, yes, please, pastor, it's why we're here. Um, they were silent. You just need to know it. They're being like, Shh. Um, so, uh, so a couple of observations. Well, first of all, we, we see um, a miracle happens. The miraculous happens. Something ordinary on an ordinary day becomes extraordinary because of the work that God does. But a few things happen. First of all, we see Peter and John These guys who were racing to temples, cutting guys' ears off, arguing over who was the greatest, all of a sudden, they've put that silliness aside and they're about a bigger mission. When you really understand what God put you on the earth to do, when Jesus becomes real to you, when you get that Holy Spirit fire, like stuff that used to be a big deal to you becomes a lot less of a deal because you're like, I'm on a bigger mission. Again, more about that in a couple weeks as well, Um, actually next week. So the first thing is, we see where does the picture start up? It says they were going to the church to pray. I believe part of the reason we see this happen is the story starts with an emphasis on their own relationship with God. Peter and John were were heading to the temple to pray. They weren't going to the golf course, and I play golf, so I love that. They weren't going shopping and I live with women, so we do that. Um, There's nothing wrong with those things, but all I wanna point out is they had prioritized a relationship with Jesus and said that there are certain times that this is the most important thing. We'll do the other things, but we were heading to the temple to pray. They had good habits. Good habits where you prioritize your relationship with God lead to the power of God in your life, through your life and God moving in ways that other people don't get to experience. Again, we talk about the faith. They go on to talk about the faith in Jesus. You can't, faith is just simply trust. And I don't know about you, but I don't really trust people as much if I haven't spent time with them. My trust goes as I spend time with them, especially as they show their love for me, their care for me, and they come through for me. I can promise you, If you give Jesus enough chances, he's gonna love you, come through for you, and and show you himself, and he is worth faith and trust. And so these guys had good habits. How do I see God move in my life? Starts with good habits. What's the good habit? Prioritizing our own personal relationship with Jesus. It's why here at Cape Christian, we say we're all about Jesus. Uh, Then we we go on, and so they see this guy sitting by the gate. Apparently he does this every day, which means this guy basically was begging for survival, just enough to to buy food for the next day, probably somebody people saw all the time. What's interesting is um, this guy was just on their everyday path. They didn't, they didn't raise a bunch of money, go on a mission trip. I've done that. There's a great, a great time to do that. But, but I think often that God wants us to, to know that there's just things I'm gonna put in front of your everyday path that could become extraordinary if you pay attention to what I'm up to. And there's an invitation to be a part of it. John and Peter get in on it. Why? Because they noticed the opportunity that was in front of them. So not only do they have good habits, but I love when they say, hey, they they, they they walk by the man and says, look at me. And he expected money. But here's what I love about this. The guy wanted money so he could survive to the next day. Listen to this, somebody. God wanted to heal him so he didn't have to beg for money so he could live a whole fulfilled life, provide for himself and restore his dignity and heal him and satisfy and restored him. Some of you, you more will identify with the lame man in this story, and that is completely okay. What you need to know is some of the things you're thinking about, think you need, or even are praying for, that's your version of surviving to get to the next day. God doesn't wanna give you silver and gold. He wants to pull you up by the hand, heal you, restore you, redeem you, forgive you, do whatever he needs to do to show himself real in your life, because what you think he has for you, it's so much more, and it's so much better. If they would have given him coins, he would have made it to one more day, but tomorrow he would have been beggar. God's ultimate plan for this lame man was for him to get in on what God was doing just like Peter and John got to. So what did they do? Peter and John, he says, they, he says I ain't got no money. So guess what? If you're broke, maybe God wants to use you to do a miracle. Right? But he says, what I do have, I gave you. He had nothing, but he didn't. He had faith, he had a relationship and he had the Holy Spirit. He had, he's like, I've seen this too many times. I've seen Jesus, I know how this works. I get the authority thing now. He ascended to heaven. He bestowed his authority upon us was the last thing he did. He's like, I have the name of Jesus. And, and I love this because he, they just gave what they had. It takes me all the way back to the story in Exodus 3 when Moses is standing in front of a bush and God tells Moses, I'm gonna do something that history's gonna tell forever. You're gonna lead a million people out of exile under Pharaoh. And he's like, I can't, la, 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 And he's like, I don't got anything. And God's like, well, what do you have? He's like, a stick. God's like, I can work with that, let's go. (laughs) These guys didn't even have a stick. Like Moses had a stick, these guys had nothing. But what did they give? They gave what they had. They gave out of the the richness of their own relationship with God that they had had been around seeing Jesus do this before. They gave what they had. And often God wants you in on what he wants to do in the people in your world. And so many of us disqualify ourselves because like, well, I don't have anything. He's like, well, what do you got? You got 10 minutes? I can work with that. You got a little bit of extra uh, money to help bless somebody? I can work with that. You're really good at listening and compassion. I can work with that. There's some people who need to know that their story matters. They could use an hour of that. You have a little bit, you have the ability to notice people who seem overlooked. I could work with that. Uh, I, you, all of us go past people every day. That God's like, I can use with whatever you got. They, these guys had nothing. Like, well, I got nothing. But if you have Jesus, you have everything. Like, we don't got silver and gold, but i tell you what I do got. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, why don't you give me your hand and let's just do this thing right here, right now. God is still in the business of doing miracles. We've seen miracles this year in our church. We have seen miraculous healings. We have seen demons cast out of people. We have seen that stuff happen, why? Not because we're anything, but because God wants to set people free and heal them and experience his life on this, on this earth, his goodness. And he wants in on it. And so they gave what they had. And, what, and by the way, so they had these good habits, they gave what they had, and so what was the result? A whole bunch of people followed Jesus. All, they were all in wonder. It says they came running into him like, what happened? They're all in wonder and awe. Like, is it true? This is the lame guy. What happened? And here's what's so funny. And this is what we work so hard on here. This is like my favorite part of this story. Cause I'm the pastor and I, I identify with They all come running and you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to make John and Peter the celebrities. They were like, John and Peter just healed the guy. Did you see what they're responsible? What'd they say? He's like, first of all, you all know Jesus. Why are you surprised? This shouldn't shock you. That's what they're, And then Second of all, he's like, and why are you looking us at us like we did anything? We're the ones who race to the tomb. We're the ones who argue over who's best. We're the ones who didn't, weren't good enough to follow any rabbi. Um, in fact, he says, uh, I, don't, I think I put it up there you can, in verse 16. He says, why do you look at us as if by our power or our godliness, we did anything? He's like, I have no power. I have no godliness. And I will tell you as your pastor, if you have gotten anything in your relationship with Jesus in my time here, it is not because of my power and it is not because of my godliness. There's no room for important people and celebrities in the kingdom. It is only by the power of Jesus. Anything good that you have gotten from me comes out of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in my life. All the stuff that made you mad, made you wanna stop all that stuff, that's the me side, that's the Corey stuff. So don't like that. And that we live by, like, we are, we there's no celebrities in the kingdom. It, don't look at us like we did something. This is all about Jesus. This is all about his spirit, his power. Like, we're all just broken people. But here's the best news. Since the beginning of dawn, God has only ever used broken people to tell his story. And he invites all of us. And, and if there's no, like, more broken, less broken, he's like, no, what do you got? What resources, you got some time, you got some energy, you got some money, you got, some, you got, you got some, some wisdom, you got some skills, you got some opportunities. Who are you gonna pass today that everybody else walks past and God's like, no, today I'm, you're gonna stop and we're gonna do something great here. Sometimes it might be a $5 Starbucks piece, uh, cup of coffee just to bless somebody that you just feel compelled. Like, I just feel like the woman behind me needs to know that she matters. And sometimes it might be, you're gonna pray for them and you just watch what's about to happen. We've heard both and we've seen both multiple times just even this year. They People followed Jesus. And then number four, they were really, really quick to give Jesus the credit. I love it. I, I, I don't identify with any verse in the Bible right now in my life more than Acts uh, 3.12. Why do you look at me like I did anything? <laughs> this is all about Jesus. I'm just telling the greatest story about the greatest guy. He chooses to use me. A um, Couple of other observations. Uh, everybody walked by this guy every day. Here's what I'm not saying. Peter and John missed it and they should have done this years ago here's what I'm saying. There are certain things that you do every day, and if if your radar is up, and what's important to God is important to you, and you start your day with the good habits of making my relationship important to God, God, help me to see what you see today. Care about what you care today. There's going to be things that you normally would pass by, and you're going to feel prompted or compelled by the Spirit of God to go, today, I want you to stop, and we're going to do something here. We're going to pray. We're going to listen. We're going to love. We're going to give. We're going to serve. We're going to go the extra mile, whatever the thing may be, because there's gonna be things that happen. You're like, oh, that's just my everyday life. But what if in our everyday life, we realize it didn't have to be a giant fundraiser and a building fund or a missions trip. And those are great. We do all those things. We do all those things. We're happy to do those things. But what if it was just like, I was just driving to work? I was just walking into the Target parking lot. I just was overhearing in line, da 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 I couldn't help it. I wanted to. uh, I just decided that um, we just, before we decided to go out to dinner, um, tonight wasn't about dinner. We decided that whatever our bill was, we were going to tip three times the amount of the bill just to bless the server. There's a million ways to do this, but not, but again, not to be like, I'm awesome. So Jesus gets the credit every day. Are you paying attention to the everyday stuff where God's like, hey, I want to do something amazing and I want to use you to be a part of the story. Now, most of us in this room identify with one of two people. Some of you might be thinking, man, I wanna be a part of something like that. But to be honest, man, like I am, I'm like the lame guy who I feel like I'm just begging to survive. Here's what I would say to you if you're here this weekend you need to know that Jesus would walk into your life, ideally send somebody who looks and acts a lot like him into your life, but he would wanna walk into your life and he doesn't just want you to survive, but he wants to pull you by the hand. Whatever has you lame, wherever you feel like you can't move, you can't operate, that you are deficient in society, emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally, that God wants to walk into your life and before he ever asks anything of you, before there's any obligation, he just wants to pick you up by the hand and go, let's have a full life together. That's what God wants for you. And so if you are in that situation, you're like, I'd love to be Peter and John, but I'm surviving. I, you are here this weekend for me to tell you that Jesus wants to walk into your life if you will give Him the chance and grab you by the hand and go, I will do for you what no one else can, no one else has. If you will make me, if you will give me a chance in your life, He wants to do that. He wants to do that for you. And here's what I already know, and Jesus knows. If you've had, if you experienced God rescuing you on any level, saving you on any level, if it's any level real, you can't help to be like, I want to do this for other people, right? You ever find like a really good deal at a store or, or like there's a great bargain? What do you do? You text your besties like, you gotta go to Farmer Joe's this weekend. Everything's free. <laughs> Sorry, Farmer Joe's. <laughs> That's not true, by the way. Um, but you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, so they gave, uh, and, and the, the opportunity to been there. And, and what, what else is interesting, and I'm not gonna say anything else about this. I find it interesting that where were they headed when they saw this guy? Church. Church. Sorry, we can't help you. We're headed to our religious activity. That's all I'm gonna say. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, or when he died, the temple was destroyed. The temple model was destroyed. The veil was torn, and it was no longer about how to get to God, but it was God being in you. And so it was no longer about who was in the temple, but it was about taking the temple into the world. Come on, somebody. So now we gotta pay attention. We get churches where we take it. So... Why do I tell you the story? Because I believe this is not just the story in Acts 3. This has been happening for 2000 years all over the world. It's been happening in our faith community since we began. And it's been happening on massive levels in the last year. And so we wanna take the next few minutes and celebrate and tell the story, not just of Acts, not just of 35 years ago, but what is happening now because at Cape Christian, we find ourselves in a similar moment. This church started 35 years ago with 35 individuals on an Easter weekend. And here we are uh, uh, 35 years later. Last weekend, just for context, we had seven services. We had 5,500 people in attendance uh, in person. And we had so, I know, thank you. Yes, that's incredible. And we had so many of you that we asked, hey, help us create the environment that we think would make Jesus proud. And many of you that either already are serving or never had stepped up and made this an incredible experience for everybody. And I just wanna say a huge thank you. And, and, and it's incredible what we get to be a part of. And I say it with all humility because I say, now don't look at me or like us, like if we did anything, we're, just still, just, we're still just pointing people to Jesus just like Peter and John were 2,000 years ago but we gotta celebrate and we wanna pause and give God some credit. And so um, one of the unique, so unique and huge privileges that I have and that we have is, um, our story is getting older, it's 35 years, um, but our founders are still not just a part of our church, but Pastor Dennis serves full-time on our staff. Ms. Linda serves in so many capacities in the community and our church, and they're still here, they're front row uh, every weekend, they serve so faithfully. Um, and I will tell you, there's no jealousy, there's no, there's no insecurity, Outside of probably my family, one of my biggest personal and professional cheerleaders is sitting on the front rows. Dennis, he embodies the "Don't look at me like I did anything. Let's just make it about Jesus." This week, I had the opportunity to sit down with them briefly and just say, "Let's let's rehash. Let's celebrate. Let's remember 35 years." Some of you are newer to our community you don't know the story. If you've never heard the story, you gotta get with them and hear. There's so much to it. But I said, hey, can we chat for a little bit and let's just talk about what the 35 years has been. And um, we were talking about Acts 3 and I said, don't we still kind of see this happening today? And they were telling stories. I'm like, man, we still see ordinary people doing ordinary things, God doing miraculous things through it. And so I I just got to sit down with them and, and ask them some questions. And so I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, hey, I have the distinct privilege of being here with Pastor Dennis and his wife, Linda, who are the founding pastors of Cape Christian. This weekend, we're celebrating 35 years as a church. So thank you guys so much for being with us. What was the goal? What was the vision? What was the calling 35 years ago when you set out to start Cape Christian?
1: Simply to reach unchurched families, loving God, loving people. In a city that was only 48,000 people that was gonna grow to 10 times that size, and uh, we wanted to reach the young families that weren't being reached in a contemporary relevant way um so 35 years later
0: here we are what's it like i mean what is it like to see where it's become
2: we knew there was a possibility of this growing city to be able to reach thousands of people it was our dream it was the vision we felt god gave us and we knew it was possible
0: So there's a lot of people watching this that probably have visions for their life, and they're somewhere in the beginning or middle of their story. Speak to what it's like to feel on the back end to go, we saw that God could do this, and we got to watch him do it. What's that
1: like? It's the best. It's the best. It's the very best because uh, certainly we felt and saw and just acted in obedience, took risks, and here we are. So obviously,
0: Cape Christian is where we are because of some obedient sacrifices of everyday, ordinary, unsung heroes. Can you think of a story or two of some people who have just epitomized that?
2: Without a doubt. I have to say Mark and Lynn Ashton. Yes. Yes. They came to Cape Christian the very first Sunday, 35 years ago, Easter. He was not a believer in Jesus Christ, and after that Sunday, he was. Lynn was our first employee, children's ministry director. Wow. Within the next year, both of them were a very integral part of the children's ministry, Uh, fun in the sun in the summers that was instead of vacation Bible school fun in the Sun in backyards and to this day they are here serving they were here Easter Sunday both of them serving and ushering
0: so Cape Christian we're blessed to have a global reach but we've always been very intentional about our community and our neighbors there's got to be some stories about how we've been able to bless or reach our neighbors through our ministry
2: this church wouldn't be here without our neighbors one of our first passion and must-haves was a worship team for our first service and we didn't know anybody. We didn't bring a team with us. It was just three couples. I had a music background, didn't play an instrument, so we can begin praying. God miraculously provided. Keyboard player was a hitchhiker, Dennis picked up, had a cast on his leg outside of the hospital. Bass guitarist, I met his wife at a Tots hour at the library with our three year olds. Electric guitar, he came to our house to fix a window that was broken. Drums, and acoustic guitar a couple that moved from up north and he was the anchor at NBC news and we did hear that they were going to be moving here we contacted them and they said we're in by easter sunday 35 years ago we had a full band ready to go
0: that is incredible incredible what's it like to see this 35 years later uh and and anybody who's never heard it, i think you put it so eloquently dennis 35 years later here we are people ask are you surprised tell them what i've gotten to hear you say several times
1: never surprised always in awe what a great way of putting
0: it thank you guys so much for your time and i'm cape christian i hope that that you've been blessed just by these few minutes of getting to hear from somebody who's been here since before day one of the journey thank you guys love you guys (laughs) incredible 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 Completely deserved, completely, completely deserved. You know, there's a principle in God's kingdom that what you sow, you reap. And we are experiencing historic, national noteworthy growth right now. And I don't think it's just because of a pandemic. I don't think it's because it's 2022 and it's Florida. It's because when you have 35 years of faithfulness and sowing the right things and doing the right way, that all of our team, our staff, our board, we're keenly aware that we are standing on the shoulders of the founders, the ground workers, all the staff that came before us, and we just get to happen to be in a season of, of picking the fruit that you guys labored for so much, and it's a, truly a privilege. And so um, we don't look at this and go, look what we're doing. We look, we look at this and go, I can't believe we get to be a part of this, and we're so fortunate to be on the shoulders of the people who came before us, and so... Uh, that's completely warranted and appropriate, in my opinion. Um, what was fun for me is is we dug up a newspaper article from the Cape Coral Breeze 30 years ago, uh, and it was our five year birthday. And so there's Dennis and Linda, 1990 uh, ish. I, I think we should bring the mullet and the mustache back, uh, in my opinion. Um, but this was Cape Christian Fellowship celebrate fifth anniversary on Easter Sunday. It was a big long article, really cool. Uh, I want to give you a highlight because I want you to know. I think what's amazing is where we started. What was said thirty years ago, it, I think is gonna you're gonna go, man. That's who we are today. And um, the, the the story basically talks about 1986. They they canvassed the area with the question of why don't people go to church? And the may, the four main answers they got. I'm just going to read it. It says the four main answers were um, the sermons were boring and irrelevant. Churches. Why did you laugh when I said that? <laughs> Come see me afterwards, sir. Um, just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, sermons are boring and irrelevant. Churches are always asking for money. The people are unfriendly, and there's really nothing for our kids or families. So they said after that they went and visited about 25 churches, them and their team, and they found four things to be true: sermons were boring and irrelevant. They asked for money a whole lot. They were pretty unfriendly and there wasn't really anything to do for kids or families. So 35 years ago, we said, let's build a church that we think heaven would celebrate and Jesus would be proud of. One, where the, the sermons make sense and they apply to people's lives. Uh, and Hugh, you were doing that 35 years ago. They, mark, they mentioned many of them in the article uh, where we could create a welcoming, friendly atmosphere where anybody could come from any walk of life and encounter the love of Jesus, um, where uh, there would be plenty to do um, for the kids. The families that families mattered, so it started with a kids worship building that we built in 2008. Now we have a park and a cafe for the entire city. Why? Because the next generation and kids and families um, matter. And uh, I don't remember what the fourth one was, but we're doing that one too. <laughs> we're, we're money. Oh yeah, we don't we. Friendly. No, money. We're not, we're not like, we don't charge you for parking. We don't charge you for attendance. I mean, we don't even pass the bucket. Like, we believe that if you get close to Jesus, you can't help but be generous, and that takes care of itself. And so we give you opportunities, but but we're not going to beg for money, and, and God is continuing to be faithful. And so... Um, So what's really cool is from the beginning, we've never really veered from our mission. The day one, what this church was always about a place for people who didn't know Jesus, weren't familiar with church or had tried it and kind of been burned by it to find a place maybe to either build or restore their hope and not about a religion or a list of rules, but a relationship with a loving God who has great things for them. Uh, And so from the beginning, and, and our mission statement has been something like this. This is why we exist now. It's just different wording of the same heart from day one is Cape Christian exists to introduce people to Jesus and then help them discover and become all that God made them to be. It's evangelism discipleship. We're unapologetic about those two things. It's why we do what we do. It informs all of our decisions. And really, we've kind of put this into one concept, one word, one number, that's really important to all of us, and it's one. How do we do this? We invite everybody to be a part. Our organization doesn't do this. Our staff doesn't do this. We all do this. We all have one person that we pray for, that we try to invite, that we believe that, that their life would be better if they had Jesus, and we're gonna do everything we can to bring them to heaven with us, and that's what those locks are, uh, and that's a big deal. And so if that's not you, uh, if you've never done that, like we wanna invite you to be a part of this because it's the most incredible, rewarding adventure of, of your life. Um, but I have to tell you, I, I, would, I, would, be, I would be a poor steward if, if I didn't brag on God about what is happening in the last 12 months here. Because what's happening in the last 12 months is between 30 and 40% growth by almost every metric, um, onboarding, small groups, attendance, salvations, baptisms. What God is doing here is, is historical. Uh, it's incredible and I, I wanna share it because I believe God should get praise and I want you to know What you're a part of, my favorite part of our story is we don't have to tell only stories from 35 years ago. Peter and John don't get to be the highlight, but we have stories this week that came in. We have 100 plus baptisms this weekend of life change. We have so many stories of of people who have encountered the love of God and and their lives are different because they found a community, a welcoming, friendly place for them and their family, and, and they permission to be imperfect and journey on this relationship with God And so we put a little highlight video together. I want to just share some things because I think you need to know what you're a part of because sometimes I don't get to hear all the stories. And when I hear what's happening over here and happening, I'm like, oh my gosh, like God is doing so much right now in our community, in our church. And it just makes me so excited about what God's doing. It makes me love him more and want to be even more available for him. And so I pray that this has the same effect on you, but check out what's happening in your church right now. For what he's gonna do next. The I'm telling you, every time, even though that video was kind of my idea, every time I see it, I, I'm overwhelmed. Like I'm so emotional. I can't believe I can't believe we're a part, like we get to be a part of this. In 2022, in the United States of America and Southwest Florida, he's like, hey guys, you want to be a part of a move of God? 1,100 guests almost 500 salvations, 1,500 people growing in groups. Like, it it doesn't get any better than this. And the best part is, our best days are ahead of us. It's not just that, but this is what's happened. This is what God is doing. And and every single person who prays, attends, invites, serves, gives, worships, listens, takes notes, shares online, comments, that's your story. This isn't my story. It's your story. You're you're literally in the middle of a move of God, and, and, and I can't tell you what that does for my faith, and I hope it, it does the same for yours. It's incredible. In fact, I want to share a couple of other numbers and some really exciting things as we kind of... Uh, look at, at not just where we've been, but where we're going. First of all, um, we have over 100 baptisms this weekend, but in addition to this year, we've already had 107 other ones. That's 200 plus baptisms just this year. People saying, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, we say this, baptism is the wedding ring of, of salvation. This ring doesn't make me married. My commitment to Rebecca does, but baptism does get me saved. My commitment to Jesus does, but it's me telling the world I'm taken. I'm committed. I'm all in. It's no longer I that live, but Christ in me. This last year, we've seen an uptick in attendance over 30% from an average of 2,400 to almost 3,200 a week uh, on a weekly basis. People are coming, they're inviting, they're finding God, they're finding a community, they're finding Jesus, they're getting healing, they're getting hope, families are getting restored, marriages are getting restored, there's miraculous healings happening. This is fantastic, what's, what's incredible, what's happening to me. We've had uh, 475 new friends that not just come through the doors, but have come through the new friends dessert. Like God is drawing people to himself and it's fantastic. I wanna highlight something on the video. This year, we've given really close to $400,000 in missions, organizations, and outreach for the entire year. You've done that. You have done that. and and when, for us, when we say that, that kind of has three branches to it. It's it's our community. It's it's all the the, the trunk or treat and the the winter village and the stuff we do with the city. That's part of it. Community is a part of it. Missionaries from missions organizations. We have literally missionaries that we support all over the globe. Missions organizations, um, as well as church plants in in other countries. And then the third part of that is church plants globally or nationally. We believe one of the best ways to see God's kingdom come is to have a healthy church in different communities. And so we kind of went all in with three churches, one in Colorado, one in Iowa, one in California. And I want to send, I want to show you a video of how we're connected to what God is doing other places, because not only is he moving here, but I have a, a friend who's becoming a good friend. His name is Brandon Cormier. He planted a church just like 14 months ago, September of the pandemic in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And they are seeing stuff no church plant sees. What God's doing in them and through them in their first year and a half is remarkable. And we sent them uh, uh, some money uh, at the perfect, we didn't know, but at the perfect time to help them kind of secure a building because they're, they're needing to, to create space for the people they're reaching. And so he said, man, can I send you guys a video? We just wanna say thank you. I'm like, perfect, because we're doing um, a celebration. So I text him earlier this week. I'm like, dude, I never got your video. He's like, uh, yeah, so our baby came five and a half weeks early. So I'm in the hospital, sends me a picture of his new baby uh, this week. And, and I was like, and he's like, so I'm not going to make it into the studio. I'm like, well, if you want to do one in the, in the waiting room, like we want to see the new baby. We want to see you. He's like done. An hour later, he sends me this video. not only are we seeing God move here, but we're a part of what he's doing in one of our many church plants as well. Check this out.
3: Hey, Cape Christian. It is Brandon Cormier from Zeal Church in Colorado Springs. You don't know me, but I know you and my city and our church has been incredibly blessed by your generosity. As a matter of fact our church has our newest member she's two days old miss naya jewel cormier hey i just wanted to take a moment to say thank you so much for your kindness and for your generosity my wife octavia and i along with an amazing team of people planted zeal church in the middle of a global pandemic september of 2020 just over a year and a half ago since that time over 1100 people have made decisions to follow jesus There are over 1,300 or so of us that gather every weekend. Most recently at our Easter services, over 2,000 people were present. Lives are being transformed, but we are running out of space. I wanna say thank you so much for your generous contribution because it significantly helped us to secure a loan. So I am so honored and excited to announce to you your generosity has helped us go under contract. We are under contract for a building that is going to allow us to facilitate ministry and reach more people here in Colorado Springs for Jesus. I just wanna say thank you so much and thanks for being a part. In more than one way, over 20 something years ago, a lady who joined our launch team was impacted by your church's generosity even decades ago. It was her first time to be exposed to the gospel. Her name is Sarah Rarick. She ended up giving her life to the Lord and helped my wife and I plant our church. So your generosity, your faithfulness is touching our church in multiple ways. I cannot wait to meet you whenever I get to come there and meet you all, but thank you so much. Zeal Church is better because of you.
0: Incredible. So I didn't know this until he sent the video. But about 27 years ago, we took an offering to scholarship kids to go to a camp in South Florida, and one of the girls who went to that camp gave her life to Jesus and was on their plant team a year and a half ago, so we're connected to them in more ways than we even knew. Um, Brandon is one of the most top-notch leaders, preachers, with the most amount of humility and kingdom-minded servanthood I've ever known, Uh, and so I can't wait. We're gonna have him in in the next year to to just share what God's doing there and preach. He's phenomenal. You're gonna want him to be your pastor. You're gonna want to move to Colorado Springs, but it's fine. I'll share him with you anyway. He's amazing. Um, and so I, I want you to know that what, we're, not just, we're not just a part of what God's doing here. But when we just make ourselves available, obedient, have good habits, and pay attention to what's in front of us, we're literally a part of impacting the kingdom all over um, the globe. I have to tell you something that um, I'm over the moon about that just happened this month. In 2008, we made the commitment, we need a building for our kids, our family. We need something for kids as it was in our DNA. And so we built that family ministries building as a preschool where we get to invest into kids every day. We have a kids ministry. About seven, eight years ago, we built a park. But when we did, we built that building. We took out a $2 million loan and we've been paying on that mortgage for the last 14, um, about the last 14 years. When the pandemic hit, we got real wise with our money. We started tightening things up. Uh, uh, Didn't need to, but we did. Uh, And to our surprise, the more we continued to be generous, even as the world shut down, the more God continued to bring in. The more we gave, the more came in, the more we gave, the more came in. So we find ourselves in a situation now where we had almost two and a half, three million a half, $3 million in the bank. And as of this month, we had a million dollars left on that building. And just this month, our board agreed, we're paid off in full. We don't owe anything anywhere. We paid off our million dollar mortgage with cash. We own all 14 acres, every building, every pavilion. We don't owe anything to anybody. So now when we dream and think about the future, we can just move forward and not have to worry about being tied to our past because of the faithfulness, the generosity of you, the goodness of God. And I believe that we're honoring him by what we're doing. And so this was so exciting uh, uh, for me to get to announce 14 years later. which leads us to our future, and I don't have time to talk about it this weekend, but right before the pandemic hit, we had launched our building plans. We have plans to add a worship center on this building uh, it will be twice this size little seat, about 1,250 people. Um, our city has said we need something like this. Our church needs something like this. Uh, it's gonna allow us to do so many more things, so much more ministry. And so uh, that's our For Everyone campaign, if you haven't heard about it. In the next about five or six weeks, we're gonna have bids. We're gonna have final drawings. We're gonna hopefully have dates. Uh, and we'll have our plan to, to what is it look forward to start moving uh, into uh, to the next phase of, of building a building. And again, for us, only so we can reach more people. And so we're gonna, it's gonna be somewhere uh, around 13 million probably by the time it's all said and done. But I wanna show you just a couple of pictures of what our future looks like. And I believe because we've stewarded what God's given us up to this point, this is what the future looks like. So that's kind of our new outdoor area facing the park. We're gonna have a lobby that actually has room for people to talk. Uh, and, and avoid storms in the summer, as well as, as hangout, small groups, all kinds of stuff. And then a worship center, as I said, that's gonna enable us just to do so many things. It's gonna seat about 1,250 people. Uh, we believe that's gonna help us to kind of maintain our intimacy, uh, but really double our capacity. Um, and uh, I'd love to not have to register at Easter and Christmas. That would just be a nice break for a while. Um, and so... Um, this is our future. We already have a couple million dollars that have come in. So many people are faithfully giving. You can jump in on this. They're, we're not asking for money today. Just want you to know where we're going and we're gonna have a lot more uh, concrete details in a in few weeks to come. But I wanna say one last thing as we close. This isn't about the money. This isn't about the numbers. This isn't about 30% growth. The, the, the numbers matter for one reason, only one reason. Because people matter. And every number, every salvation, every baptism is a soul. It's a person, it's a human made in God's image that needs to know that there's a loving God who has great things for them. And so uh, while we get to be excited about the faith, we've never stopped being about the one, the one person, the one, the one sitting at the gate. And so I hope you connect our story to this Acts 3 story because I believe every day in our path are people who are hurting, who just need hope, who need life, that might just be looking for an invitation to sit by somebody at church. It could be that simple. And God wants you to be a part of some. He's doing great things and he's inviting you to be a part of it. If you will just make his relationship a priority and use what you got. He's not gonna ask you to use something you don't have. He's only interested in what you do. And, and I'm gonna have um, Pastor Dennis, come on up here. I'm gonna have him pray for us in just a second. I think it's only fitting to have our founder pray for the next season as we, as we move forward. But before we do, I just wanna say this. There's no way we can tell this story. And if you're here, and you've been hurt by the church, burned by religion, or never heard anything about Jesus, but something in your heart is saying, I wanna be a part of this kingdom. I wanna be a part of this community. I wanna be a part of this family of God. The Bible says, if you just decide in your heart, you say, I'm gonna follow Jesus that you get welcomed into the community. And the way we do that here, sometimes we raise our hands, sometimes we stand up, but the best way you can do it is to get out your phone and text the word KPS to nine four zero zero zero. It's your way of saying, I've decided to follow Jesus. I wanna be in the kingdom of God. I'm gonna send you a video. We wanna walk with you and, and help you through that. We, we have people do this almost every week. And so if you feel like you're that lame man on the side of the road, you're like, I'm just surviving, but I need Jesus in my life. We wanna give you that opportunity. And you can do that, you can just pray that prayer, say that in your heart while Dennis prays and just text that out. Um, in a minute, he's, he's gonna pray. I'd love for you to pray a, a prayer of blessing for our future. Um, we call him the Godfather of the Bishop. We have all kinds of names for him on the staff. And then a bunch of people are gonna go get baptized and we would love for you to just take an extra five or 10 minutes if you got it and celebrate the life change and what God is doing for all of the kids and adults that are gonna be out there. And so um, Dennis, would you pray for us uh, and not only thank God for what he's done but I've heard you say multiple times that you
1: think the best is what? Yet to come. Will you pray for that? Yes. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the blessing of being a part of blessing our community and blessing our world. I thank you, Father, for this chance to celebrate what you are doing even now in this time. I thank you for what you're doing even in these seats right at this moment and online during this time, Father, the hearts and lives that are being transformed and changed. You've never stopped, and you've continued to do that, and we are so blessed. And even as people being baptized this weekend... May you bless them abundantly. And I just ask that you would bless Pastor Corey. Bless us as we move, as we move into the future that you have for us. May we continue to never forget the mission that you've called us to in this community and in this world. May your mission be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen.